The Texas Tribune Tribcast is supported by Texas State Technical College and Texas 2036. Texas State Technical College has Texas covered. With 10 campuses across the state and now with 20 new 100% online programs, students can learn the skills necessary to start a great new career. Learn more at tstc.edu. And Texas 2036, building long-term data-driven strategies to secure Texas's prosperity through our bicentennial and beyond. For more information, visit texas2036.org. Hello and welcome to the Texas Tribune Tribcast for August 26th, 2022. My name is Matthew Watkins, Managing Editor of News for the Texas Tribune. This week I am joined by two guests, our politics writer, James Berrigan. Hey, James. Hey, Matthew. And a special guest from the city, a nonprofit newsroom in New York City, Gabriel uh, Pablete. Hey, Gabriel. Hi, how's it going? Happy to join yeah, thanks for joining us. This week, we are going to talk for the full show about one topic, a broad topic that has gotten some attention really across the country in recent weeks. It's Governor Greg Abbott's busing of migrants, particularly to New York City, but also back to the border with between Texas and Mexico and to Washington, D.C., and maybe perhaps some say other places along the way as well. It's been a somewhat confounding and interesting story as it has gone along. It, it started out being sort of dismissed and derided even by Republicans, but lately has become somewhat of a firestorm in New York City as the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, and other officials have raised alarms about it possibly straining resources for the homeless and other vulnerable people within this city. James, you have been covering this kind of uh, throughout this, you you covered, I believe, the press conference for us when this was announced back in the spring. And I want to start by going back to that moment, because I think the way this was perceived at the time is very different than the way it's being talked about now. And I wonder if you could just kind of share your remembrance of this announcement and what people thought about it at that moment. And also what, you know, what Greg Abbott was saying he was doing, why he was doing this in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the way I remember it, the initial bus uh, program announcement uh, came with a bunch of other uh, border security enhancement things like the uh, enhanced inspections of commercial vehicles back in April. This was all, in his words, in Governor Abbott's words, a response to the Biden administration saying that they plan to end Title 42 in May. Um, and the busing program really sounded like this tough thing that Abbott was going to do. He said there's not going to be any more sort of catch and release that the Biden administration is doing. We're going to catch them and then we're going to uh, put them on buses and planes and send them to D.C. so that, you know, the President Biden and Congress can more quickly deal with the mess that they've made for us here in Texas. And so it was this really chest beating, very like strong sounding uh, initiative during the press conference when he was announcing it. But we immediately had questions about how this would work. Um, the main question being, how are you going to even uh, 
put these migrants on a bus because that's not traditionally something that state authorities or really any authorities um, outside of immigration authorities are, are allowed to do and to transport them across states. It just seemed kind of, uh, it, it seemed a little bit crazy. And it seemed like our, everybody's initial question was like, is this legal? And wouldn't there be questions about, um, you know, uh, basically uh, kidnapping these yeah. these, these yeah. migrants. The way, um, the way he kind of talked about it was was like that he, he kind of made it sound like he was going to force these migrants to get on the bus, right? Right. And so we all had questions. Um, and I remember I uh, had my story basically ready to go. I had sent out emails to Abbott's press office saying like, hey, how exactly is this going to work? They initially were not very responsive, but we were like, hey, actually, so like, how is, how is this going to work? Like, are you guys going to like force these migrants to get on the bus? And then that's when sort of uh, they kind of spilled the beans to us and said that the program was voluntary. Um, and so the migrants would be volunteering to get on the buses. They would have already been processed by DHS and they would have documentation um, and and would have been processed and would be doing this voluntarily. And so then the sort of narrative changed from like this very tough uh, border immigration stance to, wait a minute, like what is happening? We're actually helping these migrants get closer to their destinations. And there was questions even from um, conservative Republicans saying like, it, this is kind of like a, 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 a political stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also questions from people on the left saying like, isn't this what we've been asking for all along for state resources to devote resources to helping migrants get to like their ultimate destination? So it was like a very confusing rollout. Um, and I would say it has continued to be a confusing rollout as the busing program has evolved to other, I guess it's completely separate busing programs now, but it, it, it's been sort of, um, it's been a very confusing process to cover from beginning to, to this point. So what do we know about that process, basically? I mean, it, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that we're seeing a lot about the migrants arriving in New York City, but not that much about, you know, where these, where and when these buses are leaving from, how people end up on them or anything like that. Do, you, do we know anything about the that process? Yeah, well, I think you're talking now about a, a second process where um, later in the summer, the governor announced that the state of Texas was going to get even tougher and Border Patrol wasn't doing enough. So now state authorities uh, from DPS were going to be transporting the migrants from where they were apprehended on the border in between ports of entry, and then driving the migrants back to the ports of entry so that Border Patrol could process them. They were gonna be using state resources, uh, state buses from the criminal justice department to bring them back to the ports of entry, and then they would transfer them over to uh, uh, Border Patrol custody. Um, and that is, in fact, what is happening. But again, it has been a very confusing rollout. There hasn't been a whole lot of details of under what authority uh, they are doing this, what these migrants are being arrested, apprehended for, e- whether they are being arrested or just held under custody. Um, there's all kinds of questions still out there. Um, but what we have been able to gather through our reporting is that basically 
The migrants are apprehended somewhere along the border near Eagle Pass and potentially now um, along other parts of the border, but mostly in Eagle Pass up to this point. They are then transported from that location between the port of entry, the ports of entry, and driven back to the ports of entry in Eagle Pass, where they are transferred to the border patrol, and then border patrol takes them into their custody, and and then somewhere along the way, the state informs the migrants that there is transportation available to them by bus to either Washington D.C. or New York City, mm-hmm. and they are given a, a voluntary, consensual waiver according to the governor's office, um, that they need to sign if they want to get on those buses. And at some point between them getting uh, turned over to border patrol by state officials and and then being processed by uh, immigration officials, at some point after that, they get on a state-provided bus and are sent to New York City and Washington, D.C. and uh, it's still unclear to us as reporters sort of how that process actually works. And not just us as reporters, but even other immigrants' rights activists and groups, um, including groups like the ACLU, who are trying to monitor this as well. But it's, again, like I said, it's still very confusing. So, James, you mentioned that when this was announced, it came along with another announcement. And, and that announcement was that Governor Abbott was going to be increasing inspections at ports of entry um, along the Texas-Mexico border, inspecting trucks. This quickly became a firestorm as it caused you know, hours long backups at the border as you know very much disrupting trade and raising a lot of concern from people kind of across Texas, partic- particularly in the business community about its impact. And what we basically saw was this became this kind of other part of Abbott's announcement became a big political firestorm. Abbott eventually kind of backed down from that and the busting sort of faded from view. We saw then, you know, um, basically a few buses starting to arrive in Washington, D.C. We learned about them in large part because Fox News appeared to be tipped off and would have video cameras kind of waiting to watch these folks get off the bus but really not much outrage, not much cheering of this. And as you said, some kind of skepticism among some um, Republicans who were saying, you know, A, this might be a political stunt, but B, this might be incentivizing folks to cross the border because they know that they then have a free ride to a possible destination of their future. But lately, kind of as the summer dragged on, what we saw was it started to present some problems in Washington, D.C., as their kind of city officials, their mayor, Muriel Bowser, expressing that they didn't have the resources to care for these migrants and and eventually asking for help for them, the National Guard, to kind of boost those efforts. And around that same time, we started hearing from New York City Mayor Eric Adams. And, and Gabriel, I want to kind of bring you in from this point and tell us a little bit about how this kind of came onto the radar of the the Adams administration and and started to become a story in New York City. Yeah, so when we talk about the current influx of asylum seekers, it's hard not to bring that up without making sure that you understand that it was always tethered to the idea of New York's right to shelter, which ensures that everyone that needs a bed gets a bed. And the fact that the city had seen its shelter system pushed to the brink. And so 
we had at some point, and even now we're trending with like uh, less than 1% of capacity when it comes to family shelters. And so that kind of created this, uh, it created the circumstance for the mayor to say that the reason why the shelter system had been pushed was because there had been such an increase of asylum seekers entering the city and they had been arriving here without a place to stay. And so they depended on those shelters. Hmm. And the mayor naturally, well, the mayor decided that this was also connected to what had been going on with uh, Governor Abbott busing people to DC. Um, at the time when he brought this up, there had been no word yet that Abbott had sent any buses to New York City. And as we know from, well, based on our reporting, we know that there is, we haven't been able to corroborate that Abbott had been doing that. But um, I think it was, well, so on August 5th, the governor did announce that a bus would be arriving imminently at Port Authority here in New York City. And that's kind of when this really ramped up. And since then we have been seeing an influx of buses sent directly from the state of Texas to New York City. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of an important point that I want to I want to focus on. It, it seems as though it's possible or we don't know for sure that when Adams started first kind of raising alarm at, about this, that Texas had even been busing anyone at that point. And in fact, I believe in a story that we worked on together, you or one of your colleagues quoted someone who, who maybe seemed to suggest that Abbott, or Adams raising alarm about this might have brought this to the attention of Abbott as possibly a good idea to start sending migrants here. Is, is that right? Yeah, in a lot of ways, it was Mayor Adams who first started what has now developed into a very like drawn out political battle between the two um, big party, um, these two big figures of their respective political parties. But yeah, there was nothing to, at that given moment to substantiate Adams's claims. Interesting. All right, I wanna talk a little bit about the uh, impact this is having on New York City, but first let's pause for a minute to hear from our sponsors. The Texas Tribune Tribcast is brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau and Methodist Healthcare Ministries of South Texas. Looking for ag information and resources? Visit Texas Farm Bureau's Small Farm and Ranch Resources page at txfb.us slash smallfarm. And Methodist Healthcare Ministries is committed to health equity, striving to create more fair and just opportunities for all to thrive. Learn more at mhm.org. All right, Gabriel, so I want to talk a little bit about how this is affecting New York City. I am curious about this because, frankly, I was a bit surprised as a Texan so far away to hear that it would be having such an impact. Of course, you know, we see hundreds of migrants cross the border in Texas every day. They are often crossing into small towns or towns, at least mid-sized towns that are significantly smaller than New York City. What is it about New York City and the infrastructure that they have set up that is making this such a difficult thing to handle? Yeah, I think when it's talking about why New York City is struggling with this, it's kind of important to focus on the kind of migrants that have been arriving in this city. And we're talking about migrants, in many cases, coming from Venezuela. They mm -hmm. don't get to, they don't fall within this Title 42 kind of category that the United States has an agreement with the Mexican government to keep people, for example, from the Northern Triangle 
in Mexico. So these are asylum seekers from Venezuela. And we know that Venezuela and the United States have um, poor diplomatic relations. So they are allowed to enter the country and they are coming here in many cases without a place to stay. And I think that's a big reason why this has been pushing New York to the brink. It's because these asylum seekers don't, typically New York does see a big wave of migrants and it's been the way New York has been known as, you know, a haven for migrants for over a hundred years or more. Um, but people usually come here with a place to stay. They have a relative, they have a friend and they stay with them. They don't go into the shelter system. And that's why New York in a lot of ways has been taken by surprise. Um, and we're seeing now that the mayor has been having to use emergency powers to open up hotels that would serve as shelters. And it's, we're now looking at at least 11 have opened and I know he's planning to open more. And he's in a lot of ways, the city government here is scrambling to create an accurate response to what's going on um, with the, just what seems like it's going to be a surge of migrants for the foreseeable, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And, and, and part of the complaint we've seen as well is that, there's no kind of notice or advance warning when these buses are arriving, right? That basically Abbott sends them up and and seems to be going out of his way to not tell New York City officials who or how many people he's sending. Is that right? Yeah, uh, the city has admitted that they don't have any conversations going on with uh, the Texas government. So they're finding out through nonprofits and other kinds of mutual aid groups. Uh, there's one group called Granny's Respond that seems to be telling New York City that a number of buses will be arriving on a certain day. And then they've created kind of like a makeshift welcome center at Port Authority here where all the buses tend to arrive from other parts of the country. And it's just, they get there at 6.30 in the morning and they're just waiting for the migrants to arrive. Gabriel, tell me a little bit about the experience of these migrants. You, you've spoken with some as they've arrived in Texas, I mean, in, in New York City. What are they saying about these bus rides? What are they saying about being in New York City? Are they, are they appreciative? Are they, are they concerned? What's, what's, what's the, the sense you're getting from them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, these are people who have left their country and have already been on the road for months. So I think what they say, about arriving in Texas and making their way to New York, that seems like it's a very simple part of the process compared to what they have gone through and already endured. Mm-hmm. Um, right? They're trekking through the Darien Gap that is between Colombia and Panama. And that's, you know, it's a dangerous kind of journey that a lot of migrants have to do to get to the here. And, you know, in a lot of cases, people have lost their lives and they're crossing the Rio Grande. So they don't, so when they come to New York, it seems like it's all very much second to what they've already experienced. And there's a degree of gratitude, I think, among all of them to be here. Um, and I think it takes time to kind of just understand what's going on. Some of them don't understand if it's the city that's helping them, if it's the mutual aid groups. It's, um, yeah, I mean, and I think they're just trying to make sense of it all still. Yeah, can I just interject? I mean, the, the, the thing that stands out to me about this is is the thing that has stood out to me uh, during this whole like Operation Lone Star border security push by the governor is that it's unilateral action by Governor Abbott to try to control the number of migrants at the Texas-Mexico border. But 
it's un- like his ability to impact that is so limited. Um, and it's unclear to me whether it's actually having any effect. Well, actually, it is pretty clear to me. Like, it, it doesn't seem like it's having any effect on the actual number of migrants coming to the border, not just the Texas-Mexico border, but the entire sort of border. And also that it, he may want to take unilateral action, but the, the results of that unilateral action really sort of beg the question of like, what is the point of all of this, right? Because if, you're, if your goal is to deter migrants from coming, it's not really deterring any migrants from coming if you're going to offer them an easier way to get to their like end goal location. And more than like an actual policy solution, what has become very clear to me is that this is more about the politics and the politics play really well for Governor Abbott. The, the governor thrives politically in this re-election year from being in a political battle with Mayor Adams um, and with the mayor of D.C., he thrives from them complaining about, you know, the shortages that they have, that they that they need to have help from the National Guard. And he thrives when they're asking President Biden for help and Biden, you know, is nowhere to be seen on the issue. Like it is all very like these are very good political moves for Abbott. Um, but policy wise, I'm not sure that there is like an actual positive impact towards the goal that that he wants to like have on this it's something that i've been really thinking about a lot as i see this whole thing play out well it's it's interesting i mean you note the um the how it helps people get to their final destination in some cases it also might in some ways help people stay in the country i mean i'm i'm citing a, a statistic that was that was reported in the um houston chronicle earlier this week about how in Texas's largest immigration courts in Houston, the judges are extremely hard on asylum cases. And since October, they've denied 83% of them. Meanwhile, the courts in New York City are almost the opposite, and they have approved 82% of asylum cases in that time. So it's also in addition to helping them get to a, um, a, 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 a destination that maybe they would rather be, it also might be sending them to a uh, a, a place where their claims might be heard in a more favorable light, um, which is just kind of an interesting twist on this Abbott. Um, right. It's the opposite of what his intended goal is. That's exactly. just what is interesting. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, uh, Gabriel, like what, what it's what the reaction has been like in New York um, and what what people in New York think, because. For us, I think it's clear to see like this is a, like getting in a fight with the mayor of New York and the mayor of D.C. is a clear win for the governor because, I mean, he can call them crybabies. He can. And, and what he has said on Fox News and on his Twitter is like, you all are getting a fraction of the number of migrants that we get in Texas all the time and you all can't even deal with it. I mean, that is just political gold for him. But I wonder what the reaction has been in New York to this this battle between, as you said, like two major figures from their respective parties. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure really in terms of this fight between Abbott and Adams, what Adams stands to win, because for him, this really has to do with New York City's being, having its kind of sanctuary uh, city kind of status contested with. 
but it also has to do with like the sanctity of this idea that we call the right to shelter here and whether New York City can uphold that because under the prior administration, we had seen that New York had managed to guarantee shelter for um, anyone who needed it. And recently there had been the first instance in which New York was able to do that by the 10 o'clock uh, ideal goal and families were stuck staying to sleep in the PAP center, so which is the intake center for the migrants. And so I think it has more to do in this case with whether New York is um, living up to its expectations and Adams is it, this Adams managed to elevate the conversation to a national level, but this is still very much like a challenge to New York City's like core identity. Yeah, but also I think there there's there's something here about how the political conversation has shifted in Texas and really nationally over the last couple of months with the overruling of um, Roe v. Wade, with uh, the shooting in Uvalde and a lot of other different things where the tenor of the conversation has turned to things that Abbott would maybe prefer not to talk about. He would like to talk about um, immigration because he views that as a winning issue for him in Texas. But he would also really like to be fighting with the mayor of New York because a a lot of Texans kind of see New York as the kind of polar opposite of, 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 of what Texas is and what it represents. But I just wonder whether there's something similar going on with Adams, where this was a, a shelter system that was strained already. And instead of the attention being on what is New York and what is your administration doing to shore up those shelters and, 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 and provide what they are required to provide, what they have promised to provide, and, and more about, you know, look at what this, this, this terrible Republican is doing to this system. Is, is, is that dynamic at play at all, you think, Gabriel? Yeah, I think, right, we do see that there's been more eyes on Abbott that might have not gone toward him had Adams not really made him his target. Um, and so it, it creates, like, we're, we do have a dichotomy right now where people are very much blaming Adam. I mean, there people are blaming Abbott for just what they consider to be a lack of humane kind of reaction to the migrants. But there's also people who are calling on Adams to, like, do more for the shelter system and that in a lot of ways, the fact that there's capacity issues is a result of Adams not having responded properly to what some see, especially a lot of people who deal with it, people experiencing homelessness as predictable, that the summer would bring about a need for more capacity. It's a mutually, it's a mutually convenient crisis, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes, I, you know, I think you see this a lot in politics where um, there is a big political fight that stirs up outrage on both sides and both participants in that fight see it as a win to be fighting with the other person because it fires up their bases and the people they want to be appealing to. And I, I think there definitely needs to be something to talk about. Well, yeah, and so this issue is kind of new for us in a lot of ways. And I think Texas deals with an influx of migrants in a lot of ways, not just this fashion. But I think what stands out to me is that Adams is calling on the federal government to give it more resources. And Abby is calling on the federal government to, you know, curb these policies that are being enacted under Biden, but both of them are centering on the federal government needing to respond. And my understanding is that there isn't federal government level policy to address yeah. asylum seekers, especially asylum seekers who don't have a place to settle in the country yet. 
And that's 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 a great point, Gabriel, because like that has been like my infinite question and my infinite frustration in reporting on this. Like it is very clear to see that we have an issue on the border here in Texas and really along the entire border. Uh, but and 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 perhaps Democrats don't like the way that Abbott is dealing with it. But even being here uh, in Eagle Pass, where I'm traveling for some some reporting, it's like it's impossible not to see that there are a larger number of migrants at the border. And the Biden administration has been MIA for basically their entire like administration in trying to provide like actual solutions. Um, and for Texans, it's very difficult because they are feeling the brunt of this for Texans on the border specifically. And the Biden administration hardly ever acknowledges that it's it's an issue. And now Abbott is taking the issue to other places doing so like in a very smart political move, but it's not really fixing anything. Like the only thing that could fix this is the federal government. And they like, not just the Biden administration, but Congress obviously uh, for many, many years has been missing in action on this. And then just like, I think in the absence of like the lack of federal policy to address this issue, we do see like here in New York, what we're seeing is the mutual aid groups are the ones that are responding in a lot of ways to ensure the migrants have someone to meet them when they get to New York City, someone to take them from the shelters to and from the shelters to help the children provide translation services. And my understanding is that Texas also has a lot of mutual aid groups, Catholic right. charities and other uh, kind of non-government organizations that do help fill in the gaps when the federal government doesn't have policy in place. Yeah, and that infrastructure has been in place for a long time because it has traditionally been a place where people are known to be crossing the border and you can help those people kind of immediately. And, and, and perhaps part of the problem here is that, you know, New York obviously is a place where a lot of immigrants come to, but it's a, a different situation for those immigrants. And, and oftentimes they will have maybe, you know, pass through Texas or other places first. But James, I, I also just want to really emphasize the point you, you made, because I think it's really important. And it's something that I have thought about a lot, which is that when Abbott has complained about this, and it hasn't just been Abbott, it's gone back to, you know, Governor Rick Perry or Governor before and a lot of other officials in Texas. And a lot of times when they raise those frustrations with the federal government, it gets dismissed, especially by people on the left, as a kind of um, xenophobic or, um, you know, uh, uh, some, some maybe even say, uh, or suggest dishonest, you know, uh, manufacturing of a crisis to kind of take advantage of, um, you know, the Republican party and particularly the Republican bases kind of discomfort with immigration, particularly, um, unauthorized immigration. But now what we have seen in these past few months is when these migrants and a much smaller number of migrants being bused to cities with liberal politicians, people who really stake out their brand and trying to kind of demonstrate a we, we care about these people crossing the border and we want to help them and they deserve our help. And now they are raising a lot of the same concerns about this is overwhelming our social services and stuff like that. I mean, do you think that this gives some um, backing to the arguments that Abbott and others have made for years uh, about the immigration yeah. situation? It's, it's a tough question because um, like, like I started off with in this conversation, like I'm not sure that Abbott is actually looking for 
policy solutions yeah. to actually stem the flow of migrants at the border. Um, it's very clear that he's getting political wins, um, but I'm yeah, I'm not sure if uh, it's giving credence to um, Abbott's points on the border issue. I'm sure it's giving credence to them among his supporters, but I think among his opponents, it, it is, I mean, it is sort of manufacturing a crisis in New York and in D.C. that would not otherwise be happening in New York or D.C. Um, it does bring into stark reality, I think, the fact that there are a large number of migrants coming to the border. And it does stress his point that like, look, we've got places like Del Rio, we've got places like Eagle Pass that have not experienced this type of movement of migrants before. They don't have the infrastructure that other places like El Paso or like the Rio Grande Valley have set up to sort of uh, deal with and set up the social service systems that these migrants need when they're coming, if you're trying to deal with them in a humane way. So I think in that way, it does lend some type of credence to Abbott's argument that like, look, if Texans are going to have to suffer and uh, try to struggle to, to do this, then other cities should uh, play a role in this too. It, it perhaps does, but I'm not sure how convincing it is in the way that Abbott has done it. He's not reached out to, uh, you know, Mayor Adams or the DC yeah. mayor. He's not reached out to Biden and said, hey, let's try and do these things together. He's sort of done it on his own and said, I'm going to do it this way because this is the way I want to do it. And I'm not going to let anybody know even when they're coming. So he is sort of manufacturing it in a way. Um, so it's hard to then side with him and say like, okay, we understand what you're what you're going through when he's the one that's imposing it on other people. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. I think. Well, you, you have been spending some time in border communities this past week uh, reporting on the politics there. And, and, and is this something people are talking about? Have you? Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's no doubt. Everybody talks about it. I mean, if you drive um, around here in Eagle pass, I mean, if you drive close to, uh, the border. I mean, you can see migrants being apprehended by border patrol, by National Guard. Um, you see them and you see the buses transporting them. And I mean, everybody talks about it. Everybody has an experience with it. It is very palpable for people here um, in this city. Um, and so it's inescapable. But the one thing that's different between sort of Democrats and Republicans is like they're approach to it and i think that sort of speaks to sort of this adams versus abbott fight like what is going to be the approach to it are you going to have like a humane approach where you try to provide these social services or are you going to be a tough on border enforcement stuff that still isn't necessarily working um but it's there's no doubt i mean everybody feels it here on the border it's definitely a thing that everybody experiences and it's it's very much on top of people's mind well, I think we'll be hearing about this for um, quite a few months to come. Thank you, James, and thank you, Gabriel, for, for talking through it with us today. Thank you to our producer, Todd, and thank you to our sponsors, Texas State Technical College, Texas 2036, the Texas Farm Bureau, and Methodist Healthcare Ministries of South Texas. We'll talk to you all next week.